TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 397, and I am Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusun. I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, Iron Fist has been canceled at Netflix after season two. And those of you surprised, uh, shame on you. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, they said it was shocking news because Netflix hadn't canceled any of their other shows. But Iron Fist was the only one that has been getting really bad reviews. So I think it makes sense. Season two is better than season one. I will say that. I mean, yeah, but know. still, you'd already lost all your goodwill at season one. So it's it's, it's to, a matter it's, of too much, too little, too late, probably. Yeah. Although they could still possibly pick up uh, Heroes for Hire with both Power Man and Iron Fist. So you never know. Well, somebody floated the Daughters of Dragons uh, might actually end up being a series because that's because now that uh, what's her name has the Iron Fist, the Daughters of the Dragons are her and Misty working together. And Colleen? That's a, yeah. So that's a comic that they could do. If they wanted to. I mean, those are the two strongest characters anyway. Um, Titans has been renewed for season two ahead of its premiere. Uh, FBI has been given a full season at CBS. Kidding got renewed at Showtime, and that's Jim Carrey's show for those who are keeping track. The rest, the Resident has been picked up at uh, for a full season at Fox. Charmed Legacies and All-American got or script orders for three to five episodes each. And that's all I have. Tom, your news. Yes. Fox has picked up Lethal Weapon for two more episodes, which will bring third season to 15 total. And then Damon Wayans is out of there. Does that mean they're um, going to end the show or are they going to keep going? Do you know? Who knows? You okay. know, I, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. They're still <sighs> getting really good ratings. Yeah, I'm still I would, watching it. I I would think that if it's if the ratings are still good, they'll just replace Murtaugh too. So you never know. All right. It just uh, ends in, up being a cop buddy show, which we've all seen. It's you know what I mean. It's like but not it's that got the Lethal fun. Weapon brand. <laughs> They're moving on, and, They're moving and on. none of the characters from the movies. I uh... <laughs> NBC has given a full season order to uh, New Amsterdam. Netflix has renewed Ozark for season three, and they've ordered. The ice skating drama spinning out with Emma Roberts. <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> Paramount TV has signed Smokehouse Pictures, that's George Clooney and, and producing partner Grant Hesloff, to a two-year first-look deal, and they're currently in post-production on Catch-22 miniseries for Hulu. Showtime has signed Naomi Watts to play Gretchen Carlson in the Roger Ailes miniseries. Stars has signed 50 Cent to a <laughs> massive three-series deal Worth up, upwards of $150 million. I'm telling you. Power was money. so great. Sorry. That was <laughs> Are you being facetious? A little bit. <laughs> Is that irony? <laughs> yes, a little bit. Uh, 
TNT has ordered the science fiction series Raised by Wolves from executive producer Ridley Scott. And it's going to focus on androids raising human children on a distant planet. And it has to do with like religion and philosophy. It sounds interesting, at least more interesting than his last couple of Alien movies. Oh, yeah, I said it. <laughs> uh, actually, Boot... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it act- actually, it sounds exactly like his last two movies, especially that last one where, you know, um, what, what's his name? The android? You know, like, it, he doesn't raise uh, children, but it's he's discovering philosophy and religion and morality and, you know what I mean, and extending the human race. I, feel, I love Ridley Scott. And, of course, Aliens is his thing, but I don't think this is particularly interesting, honestly. But it'll be yeah. on TV. So, <laughs> so it's a totally different. Completely different. You have totally to pay to the movies. Uh, Voodoo, which has been owned by Walmart for a few years now, is teaming with MGM for series based on their library for a new ad-supported streaming service. And uh, the MGM Film Library includes the Rocky franchise and the Stargate franchise and lots of other stuff. And then finally... Warner Media plans to launch a new streaming streaming service in fourth quarter of 2019 with content from HBO, Warner Brothers, and their other corporate siblings. Wait, doesn't HBO inter- already have a streaming service? Of course they do. Yes. But this is different because it's going to have more stuff. <laughs> what I want to know is DC Universe is also a Warner Media company, so is that going to be included? And is this the time where we can talk about there's too many streaming services and I don't have Way enough money many. to pay for all of them. Exactly. So. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's like, you know, it's, it's as much as people have and myself, I've, I've also taken issue with having to pay for things that I'm not necessarily interested in. Having to go a la carte for every little tiny thing that you want to see is potentially a lot more expensive. And, and I just I don't see myself just you know, paying for every little individual streaming service, especially if it turns out there's like maybe one thing that I want to see on, on a particular streaming well, service. Well, CBS, I just, I just take an L on CBS stuff. Like, cause I looked, I only watch CBS on Thursdays to see uh, Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon and SWAT. And Big Bang Theory is going off the air, so that would leave two shows. And I don't like either one of them enough to pay monthly so. yeah yeah but you've well, got you can star trek live Dis- i know i have star-, star trek leave me alone man you've got star trek <laughs> discovery you've got the good fight you've got the new twilight well, i don't zone watch from Jordan Peele coming i don't up. watch the good fight and the twilight zone is tempting and they're gonna do the card show okay fine <sighs> once they get, once to they the get all these star trek spinoffs up and running they'll yeah. get you money yeah once it's they like get crack to- I yeah, know. but see, then it's not it's not just that streaming service. Then it's the next streaming service and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that. And well, then the, suddenly you're paying for all these no, different services. No, what you need to do is get a streaming buddy and you guys split it. And like one of you gets Netflix, one of you gets Hulu, one of you gets one, one of you gets the other. Therefore, you're fine. Because to be honest, I don't pay for Hulu, but I have my mom's login and then I traded my login for something to somebody else, and I'm using one of my other friends' logins for CBS. So it's all about you just have to have a friend that you guys yeah, trade Yeah, but that's like, you know, that's just crazy If you're a lonely hermit, then turning... you don't get to watch TV. Exactly. Neither one of you neither one of you are lonely hermits is what I'm saying. You have friends. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, they're... I'm, it, I'm thinking it, of everybody it, else. 
people may not be like you know for instance what if you 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 live in a city now that's you you don't know anybody you know and you just, just what are you going to do you trade um, you you're, you don't you, need to live in the same city as somebody you trade your login with yeah but what i'm out. i'm saying is some people don't have like a billion friends they can do this with and even if you do it's still a level of complication that you're not going to want to necessarily have to deal with it's it's not like just turning on your tv and going to the channel you want to watch well um, people are just gonna say it. you're old like me because <laughs> the young kitties the, the young kitties do it people because yeah. you know i mean there's it's like uh, you know older people have trouble even even dealing with things like you know streaming services versus versus just broadcast television i know and and so the more you complicated you get the the more they don't out. care so about like, us anymore yeah. we're once not in the, once you fall out of the demo <laughs> once you fall out of the demo they do not care about you that's just all is, it is. is. Is there really such a thing as broadcast television anymore? Yeah, I, mean, I still I think I've heard of it somewhere. I well, still no, have cable, because but li- we're off topic. Literally... <laughs> By the way, we're going what? we're going down a dark hole, people. We're going down a dark hole. We need to stop. I just want to say this before we go on. It, can you really call it broadcast with the audience numbers they're pulling in these days? That's all I got to say. Yeah, the numbers are terrible. <laughs> yeah, all right, check. spotty cast. Like <laughs> Let's get back. Let's get back. All right. First up, let's t- let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about the season nine premiere of The Walking Dead for the five people who are still watching the show, because the ratings Two of you are on this podcast. The ratings from the finale of last season was at twelve million, and the premiere got six million. That's Yikes. huge. That's huge, and it was such a huge drop that the stock for AMC went down ten percent. I've never heard that happen before. Um, that it, one show got low ratings, they, that and the show whole should not be in its ninth year. But that obviously, a... that it's it's holding it's holding up AMC stock so much they can't let it go. Oh, right? they, you know what uh, I'm saying? So that's fools. the problem. And with the numbers like that, I don't understand how they justify playing paying Norman Reedus twenty million dollars. Like he's getting twenty million dollars. Be- once once Andrew Lincoln said he was leaving, they then immediately rushed to sign Norman Reedus for twenty million dollars so he would stay. For how many years? Uh, the twenty million is for two years. So he's getting ten million dollars. Ten million dollars a year. Yes. 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 For That's, how many episodes? They only do sixteen, man. Sixteen. It's insanity. Sorry. It's insanity. It ain't worth it. I, I mean, know that. He's <laughs> amiable and everything. He ain't worth that much. That's like Mark Harmon money. That's I, more than Mark Harmon money. I, he is now the highest paid man on television. It's insanity. But wow. they were so terrified that he would leave too that they just rushed and made that deal with him. Um, but they couldn't afford Lauren Cohen, which is why she left. They said they didn't have the money to up her salary. And she said, bye. Yep. And they did that. That was before they gave Norman Reedus $20 million. They told her that they didn't have any money to pay her. We don't have any money. Oh, but we'll, uh, but we check between the couch cushions. Yep. That's that. I would be like, yeah, yeah. She needed to leave. Uh, but they, I, I just know that Denai's contract is up at the end of this season. They better come off some bank if they want her to stay, especially after they paid Norman $20 million. Come on. (laughs) 
just saying. Anyway, let's actually talk about the episode. Uh, it was called uh, A New Beginning, and it is a two-year time jump. And everybody got their hair cut or longer or beards. or Everybody did something different to show that two years had gone by. All the cars are now dead, so everyone's on horseback, except for Norman Reedus, who is afraid of horses. So therefore, he is the only one on a motorcycle inexplicably. Um, and the premise, the one thing that I really liked about this episode was everybody came together to do a mission at the top of the episode where they were all, they basically invaded the, uh, Smithsonian and they got a bunch of seeds and they got a bunch of old school tools and implements and things like that. It was really smart. Um, but they hadn't been organized enough to go into DC before then. And... It's just the whole old team, like all the characters that are, have been so spread out for the last few seasons all came together to work together. And characters that we haven't seen have a conversation in forever had little walk and talks through the hall. And it made me feel good and warm. And I was actually really happy with the first probably 20, 30 minutes of it. I was like, this is amazing. And then they went off on a tangent in the hilltop about some dude that we don't know or care about, he died, and then that became a whole thing that all was leading up to Gregory's death. And I've wanted Gregory to be dead for a really long time, so I appreciate that. I just didn't like all the shoe leather we had to go through to get him to be dead. But, uh, Allison, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I thought, uh, uh, I was thinking along similar lines. When when they had... um... Uh, uh, someone Maggie sorry there you when go Maggie was crying over this kid you know after he after yeah, he was killed. Really like who the heck is and this I'm, guy <laughs> I'm looking at it going yeah well I am sure that you know she has a deep tie to him you know that was formed over the last two years we didn't watch but as an audience member I don't care about this guy right and uh, and so the the you know i, I and she cried for a while she has, too right? that's the thing we we dwelt on it as if he had been an important character in the show and there's a difference between you know showing her being upset about it um and and grieving you know and then uh, but you know doing that like mostly off camera and and you know showing it as your main moment and the sun, this thing that you linger on forever as if the character had been important to the audience, which right. he was not. Right. So it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be getting upset over a plot device. And, right. just, and he was definitely a plot device. The only, he was, was yeah, he was it the was... impetus to lead us to Gregory's death. And we had to sit through her telling the parents and we had to sit through the parents being like, oh, I used to be an alcoholic, but now I'm not. And then there's the whole funeral. They had a huge funeral for this kid. I know, this kid. whole thing. And it's, and it's all involving characters that we probably won't be spending a lot of time with ever again. So it, it just, it's like, I don't need to know about these people's lives. I don't know. There had to have been a better way to, to arrange, you know, Gregory finally, you know, going over the line and and necessitating his death than going through all of this rigmarole with all these characters who we don't know or care about so there was that problem yeah that, that was that was that was problematic i agree with you on that definitely problematic and the other thing is you know while realistically saying that okay they're now going back to 19th century technology uh is is what would happen if you know everything else in the world is not working the fact that they seem to be so complacent about not 
really, I mean, other than making ethanol from corn, they seem to be really complacent about just not trying to reestablish any forms of, of modern technology. There's no one really trying to refine gasoline on a, on a grand scale. There's no one trying to, to reestablish the solar panel array that no, they, they had before. They still, I think they still have the solar panels. No, they didn't. They had um, little, little candles by the bed when uh, they had the scene with Rick and Michonne. Yeah, but they were at the hilltop. The hilltop has never had electricity. Alexandria has electricity. Yeah, do, do they, though? Because the last thing we saw that was that everything was being blown up in Alexandria. That's true. So I would, I, would, I would tend to think that this is the case across the board for everybody. And I would think that there would be more involved in trying to, to keep things running, especially because we're, we've got a... a situation where there's still hordes of, of walkers running around and it's a whole lot safer. I mean, we've seen what they do to horses. It's a whole lot safer to be able to lock yourself in a car um, if you're going to travel from place to place. Right. So I, there, I think that you know, just it, it looks really interesting them on horseback and with covered wagons and everything but I, I just don't see it working practically well and i also don't know how it would work refining gasoline either on a large scale like you'd need workers to do all that and right now they don't have enough food so their focus is food which makes sense well but they're trying and that's the other thing it's like you know i don't see them really trying to establish or reestablish the kingdom which had a big working garden and and lots of food apparently um and instead they're trying to grow food at a factory which isn't really going to no work. they said that they said the the kingdom had food but anyway regardless of that but they're, what did but you they're think trying, other yeah. than that they're they're just they're still at the the factory that play you know that was the the location yeah. of the saviors instead of moving those people to some other location that might actually grow food better yeah that that should have been the next thought uh, yeah i agree with you on that but keep going like just character thoughts because before we move on um character wise i really i i loved seeing carol with um with Ezekiel because yeah, I, I think that they're just like two halves of the same coin I have for a while so seeing them together is nice I like that his proposal um, was hilarious I know people have shipped her with Daryl but you know was, um, apparently that ship has sailed yes but her her his proposal to her was hilarious to me oh, <laughs> that was like she was side I've never seen someone give someone the side eye after a proposal she was like, put that thing away. Like he had pulled out something nasty or something. It was hilarious. She was really funny uh, in that whole situation. I thought that was great. Well, she hasn't got exactly the best, you know, background in, in marriage. Right. Um, her last experience was not the best. So, yeah, I can understand perfectly her being... Uh, a little bit dodgy where that's concerned, but um, yeah, you can see that there's there's problems that are are going to come to a head as far as Daryl's relationship with Rick is concerned. There's already the beginning of a schism there, which Daryl guess... is just dumb as rocks, and I don't know why he gets to make decisions about anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, because he he literally sees the problem right in front of his face, and he can't see five steps further than that. No, he can't. But I mean, you, the, the thing is, at, at some level, he's still the same person he, he was in season one. He wants to bring, he, he doesn't like everybody being established in these communities. He loves the whole, you know, 
band of, of brothers on the road idea and where they're all fighting for their lives every minute because that's really the way he was raised. It was just him and his, his brother and they were always on the edge and it was a terrible way to live. But, but that was a part of him that, Exactly. Yeah. And there's a part of him that still wants that. That I mean, he he got another better family with Rick and the others, but it was still, you know, on the road and fighting and not finding a place to stay permanently. And and he was fine with that. He was great. And he wants to get back to that. And very sensibly, nobody else does. Um, but I think that's definitely going to, to be where he and Rick eventually conflict and go off in different directions. All right, uh, let's move on. I think it was a pretty decent premiere. It, it reestablished everything, but it did have its its problems. All right, moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of Better Call Saul. And so good. It was so good, and it really it broke my heart in a couple of places, but I will say that the one thing from an editing standpoint that stuck out to me and I thought was really weird is the scene where he's in the car and he's crying. And it's supposed to be like genuine Jimmy tears that he's crying in that car. But they only showed it from the outside in a dark profile. And it felt like the actor wasn't really crying. It was so weird to me. And I was like, no, huh. if, we're, if you're going to show that level of emotion, we need to be inside the car with him. We need and to we see his never, face. Yeah, we need to see his face. And we never saw his face. And I was like... To me, that says, as an editor, that he didn't do either. They thought it was more artistic to be outside for some reason, and then they used a weird audio because it didn't sound like he was crying right. Or he didn't do the performance well, and they didn't want to show that. So, huh. Which is strange, because he usually does great performances. So I, that stuck out to me as being very odd. But other than that, um, Jimmy fooled me in that courtroom, and I kind of feel like he might have fooled himself. Like, he talked about, you know, he gave that whole big speech, and then he changed, and he got really emotional, and he broke down, and I was like, oh my god, that was so great! And then he gets out, and he's like, look at how I tricked those fools, and then I was like, wait, what? Did you see the look on Kim's face? Oh, Oh, she was horrified. Oh! Yeah, that was, that's the beginning of the end for them, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing... It's one thing that he he pulls these cons and she helps him do it. But I think she needs someone who she can at least believe emotionally. Right. And and when she sees this, um, it's just it it just grabs her that she can't trust him really for anything. Mm -hmm. Plus, Uh, plus she she wanted him to really deal with his culpability in Chuck's passing and the fact that he doesn't really give a rat's ass about Chuck. But th- those two have such. It- it's a shame that they got rid of uh, Chuck so quickly because there was still so much that they needed to deal with. But yeah, and I that mean, karaoke dude, thing, that karaoke the- scene. Oh yeah, uh, oh, that my broke God. my heart, man. Oh, that was so sad. I mean, when you see them, just that the, you know, there was a possibility for the two of them to to love each other and have a normal and brotherly relationship. And when that was so, it was it was just so sweet when the two of them were lying there. Um, uh, you know that was, it, but it's like it's like uh, what could have been, and yep. and then we know what actually did happen. So I think that we'll be seeing probably more stuff, you know. But it's all going to be in the rearview mirror with with Chuck. Yeah. So, and you know, to, to be fair to Jimmy, the 
the person who really killed Jimmy's love and consideration for Chuck was Chuck. Yeah. Yep. He he spent a long time murdering that, and it finally completely took. And at this point, Jimmy is just in. I don't know if he's incapable, but he will not begin to let himself feel like he separated feel it. anything. Yeah, yeah. He's, he separated himself from it. Exactly. What, what's What's ironic is that once I mean Kim is kind of like his last connection with you know human emotions, etc. And right. once that relationship is done, you know he'll he'll be done with he'll he'll become you know the full Saul. Mm-hmm. Well, he just changed his name. Well, yeah. it's the, the DBA. Hey, how about that last shot with uh, Mike's execution of Werner? Oh, uh, what uh, tripped me it, out about Werner was I was like, "Are you in a different show than everybody else?" Like his <laughs> his understanding of the situation was so different than the actual situation he was in. It was so bizarre. He was like, "Oh, I just went on a couple days vacation. It's fine." And I was like. In what universe is that fine? They keep you guys locked up in a place and they don't let you do anything. You get blindfolded. Why do you think it's okay to take a four-day vacation? Yeah. Not only that, but considering how many times Mike had told him that Mr. Fring is not someone to be trifled with. Yep. You know, earlier on and... But has anybody seen Miller's Crossing? It's an older Coen Brothers movie. I've heard of it. Uh, It's... The, the execution scene really reminds me of the scene uh, from Miller, uh, a parallel scene from Miller's Crossing. But I mean, your heart wants to break for him, but on the other hand, he's being stupid. Yeah, he was yeah. just dumb, I mean, like really, old... really stupid yeah. and selfish. And the his... thing is, he's supposed to be incredibly smart in one area, but uh-huh. he just seems to be absolutely obtuse when it comes to to understanding the situation that he's in, which anyone else, well, almost anyone else would, <laughs> would understand, is extremely dire. I mean, when when. You know, you, you said before when you you're blindfolded to get to a location, and you're being kept in here and in the dark and all the rest, and everything is so super secretive, uh, you you just don't challenge a person like that. And so all of that was was really was terrible. So what bizarre. I really was surprised at, it's it really is what I was so surprised at that was i i mean i knew that this was coming that he was going to be offed i was i was really surprised though that mike was the one who did who had to do it right and i think oh, mike I, thought I it was wasn't. it was a matter of honor and courtesy because he didn't yeah, know because, how I gus mean, was gonna do it right yeah and not only that but he wants gus to have the utmost trust and respect for him as a well, matter of his word. It, I don't think it was so much about him and Gus. I think it was more about him and Warner. I think because they were friends, he didn't he didn't want him to suffer and he wanted him to have a little choice in how it went down and he gave him the chance to call his wife and get her to leave. Like Gus wouldn't have let him do any of those things. Um, yeah. So I think that was And more she what it was she about. potentially would have had to be killed too right. as a result. So. Yep. All right. And so that was what Mike was trying to get him to understand. He was like, yeah, you're dead. But the question is, is your wife dead too? Um, So all of that was good. Somebody said it actually reminded him of the scene with Walter White when he basically had the same conversation with his wife when he realized he was screwed and he calls her and he just, he realizes that they're being bugged and he wants to make sure she doesn't have any culpability 
in all the stuff that he's get, he's about to get convicted for. And so he gets on the phone to her and starts yelling at her and telling her how stupid she is and that she wasn't smart enough to be his partner in anything. And of course he lied to her and he did, he said all these really cruel, mean things to her so that the people that were listening would know that she wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. And it was very similar. I was like, Oh, that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great finale overall. It was thumbs up. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about manifest. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> this episode was better than the second episode. I will give it that. The second episode was terrible. Says you. It, the, no, the second episode was terrible. This one was... What the heck happened? Um, mm, they both did a thing. Crickets chirp. I don't remember what happened. What happened? This episode did the a last thing. episode. This, this one, the one that just came on. The daughter snuck out of the house and her twin brother oh, narked on right. her. As he should blah, have. Blah, 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 As blah, he should blah. have. She was like, I can't believe you brought the twin coat. Okay, they thought there was an intruder in the house, you idiot. Like, for the older siblings, she was dumb. And I did feel bad for the little brother because his best friend was now dating his sister, which was awkward. And he's also a giant. Also awkward. Uh, so all of that stuff I actually cared about a little bit. But I, the rest of it, like, they're not, they're not making whatever the mystery slash conspiracy be that interesting yet. It hasn't happened as of yet. This episode was so good, I nodded off, and my wife started doing crossword puzzles. <laughs> so, this will be the last episode I probably watch of this series ever. Here's the problem with Manifest, and one of my colleagues at the university, Brian Isaac, put it. This series depends on them not telling you what's going on. Okay. And that's, that is not, that's not a great way to run any series. Yeah. You got to give the, the clues, motivation, give me a story, something. Yeah, I agree. But once they tell you what happened, basically the show's over. So for it, well, to continue- unless, unless they make it about something else, about what their mission is on earth, if they give them a mission, then it will be about the mission. I think this show is so ineptly handled. Well, I still have a problem with the lead woman. I still don't think. Oh, she's, she's very terrible. Good. Yeah, she's, she's not very terrible. good. She's terrible. All right, fine. Did, did, did I did I not say that season episode one? It's like I you don't did. like her. I don't like her either. I told you I have a problem with her jaw. We already had this whole discussion. I have a problem with her acting or lack thereof. Yes, that too. But her jaw the more so than all the rest. It's just ugh. I don't like looking at her face. Yeah. All right. So overall, I guess we're saying thumbs down. Over. Well, I. Yeah, I can't even bother to thumbs say, down. I can't even bother to defend it because uh, I literally cannot remember the story that happened, and I remembered Better Call Saul to the greatest of detail. Manifest came on the next hour, and I can't tell you what happened. Yawn. Therefore, my brain must have ejected the storyline. Okay. Um. Next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. And this week's episode dealt a lot with the Katie and her baby and her weight and all her issues. And we had three Kates all together. And I have yeah. to say, emo Kate is my least favorite, the teenage version. Oh, my God. I did not like her. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but I did like that the dad was there. I thought that was kind of cool that they all got to hang out with him while she was in her little coma. Um, and I thought the... Her issues that she had and when she her her fight with her brother, I saw both sides of the fight. 
like I got why he was mad and I got why she was upset and I thought that it was interesting that they dealt with both of those though they made it seem like it was all his fault and I was like eh she's still at fault a little bit but she took none she took none of the blame for it but it, I did think that it was crazy that he flew out there just to apologize I thought that was <laughs> it was a very Jack thing to it do. was a Jack thing to do and mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome and I really appreciate it. I like the flashbacks too to like when they first started dating. I think that was those are actually really good. Mm-hmm. And you know they're CGing their faces to make them look younger. I don't think it's Is that worked. what they were doing? Yeah, that's why their faces really? look weird. In those okay, flashbacks, their faces look super smooth. They, they have they look like I was going to say are, they they look like Odo in Star Trek New Space Nine. Yeah, they have <laughs> they have no wrinkles. They what they're doing is they're going in and they're removing the wrinkles on their faces to make them look younger. But instead, it's making them look alien. Um, <laughs> like Odo from the Star Trek. <laughs> so, yeah, that was distracting. I was like, oh, you guys are doing beauty shots on them. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with, with that. Usually they use it to just like remove pimples and blemishes from people's faces. But when they try to make them look younger, they the shortcut way of doing it is just removing all the wrinkles. The more Yikes. complicated movie way, like if you had enough time if you're doing a movie, like you would be more complex than that. But on TV, the shortness of the schedule, they're just going in and just taking all the wrinkles out. And it makes them look weird. It made Jack look more weird than um Rebecca. Rebecca, Rebecca yeah. didn't look as odd, but she looked really strange. Yeah, I've, I've been wondering that the past couple episodes because I'm like... That looks something's not right. Uncanny yeah. Valley. Yeah. So anyway, but I still like the story. I like what they're doing, and I like that we're inching towards Vietnam storyline. That looks like that's next week, and that's pretty cool. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I think that's gonna be really good. I but loved they, go when uh, the Terry Gross thing. <laughs> Terry Gross. When he, he has no idea who he is, and obviously his girlfriend does. Oh right. Wait, but, what? Terry and, Gross was a woman, right? Yes, but oh. remember, he kept yeah. saying him. Yeah, he kept he saying said him. some. Yeah, some guy named Terry Gross. It's like uh, Terry Gross <laughs> is not a he. <laughs> but the fact that they got the real Terry Gross and she, the questions she asked were very Terry Gross like. Yeah, that was all. That was she all might have written good. her own material. I hope is. she did because she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought I like that. She's like, I don't want to go to your little Hollywood interviews. She's like, oh, some dude named Terry Gross is interviewing. She's like, <gasps> he was like, do you want to go now? She's like, yes. Uh, all that was cute. I like their relationship. I like that both of them are trying to pretend that it's not anything when you can tell that it actually is. Uh, all that stuff I is just great. Wonder if, I just wonder if they're going to let them, you know, let somebody on the show actually be happy for like more than five minutes. <laughs> well, I think that uh, Randall is happy with his wife and his family. Yeah, but he's he's restless. He's always trying to figure out. I, R- Randall's still trying to figure out who he is. That's true. And it's interesting. I, I like the way that they've had him articulated, but he still is in the same behavioral patterns of always trying to fix everything. And mm-hmm. he, he cannot abide any form of ambig- ambiguity. Right. That's true. But now he's going to have to deal with his wife not having a job, which means one of them needs to get a job to pay one for that house. One of them has got to start earning some jack to pay for that That, that house. Crib. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was making mad loot before at his other job but it was stressing him out so I plus they were awful people yeah 
All right, uh, let's move on. Thumbs up. Very good episode. Next up, we're going to talk about The Flash. And I don't know what happened in the episode. All I know is their daughter's super cute and awesome, and I love her, and I want to keep her and wrap her up in teddy bears. <laughs> and I thought she was cast so well. She, I thought she really looked like the progeny of oh, the she two. Does. She did. She did. Totally it was does. creepy. I, I kept looking at her going... Did she have her? Like, was that her secret <laughs> file? What, what's she was hiding away? And they're like, oh, look, I have a daughter. Let's cast her. I was like, what's happening there? It's funny. This is the third show I've seen. Um, Sarah, uh, she was on Black Sails. And yeah. then uh, the, the witch thing on CW, the Secret Circle before that. But she's really, ca- I mean, she looks like she could be the biological offspring of the two leads. But I, I thought they used her well. They made her energetic. And interesting, but not too annoying, not too clingy. Right. And I thought it was kind of a cool callback to the pilot episode of when, uh, when uh, you know, what appears to be uh, Wells goes into his secret lair and has the newspaper, you know, Flash disappears in crisis. The yeah. fact that, that that seems to be Barry's intended fate is that he is going to go missing for a long time, a stretch of time in the future and that's why excess is so compelled to spend time with him. And the fact that they were trying to send her back and get rid of her. And I thought they played all the notes really well with this episode, considering they've had issues in the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought this was yeah, great. I thought I, I thought I was going to be supremely annoyed with her. I mean, you guys all know I have problems with, I mean, I don't think she's a child. I she is not she's a child. She's like 30. Clean, you know? She's, she's, yeah. she's, <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. She's because she did see, like you said, Secret Circle. She did four or five seasons of Black Sails, so she's in her upper twenties, close to thirty, and she looks like yeah. she's oh yeah. 16. yeah, and she was amazing on Black Sails. Oh yeah, she's great. She, she's you know she's she's biracial, so she's got the the uh, she's got the, the full black don't crack thing working for her, <laughs> but she's got the baby face too. To where you, you tell me she's sixteen, I'm like okay. And you know she's not, but... Um... Yeah, I didn't think she was an actual teenager, but my point is her role of being a teenager, I mean, already made my teeth start to ache, and I thought, <laughs> I'm not going to like this. Um, but I think she's a strong enough actor, and um, and I she wasn't cloying, and I did actually... She was super energetic, you know, a little bit of a puppy in the beginning, um, but I thought that the spin they put with her... The reveal about how, you know, she could have gone home at any time, you know what right. I mean? And uh, and that it, she was staying, you know, to spend more time with him. I thought it, it they pulled it off as being poignant. And I think a lot of that had to do with her acting. I think she was yeah. able to, you know, sell it. And that made me care about her and the situation. And like Tom said... Uh, it was a callback to the way beginning. And then, and I actually did get confused. I was like, oh, wait, did, oh, I was like, are they going to do something about this plot line now? Like, are they going back to it or something? Which I think would be great. I mean, it would be a great way to kind of complete the circle. So, I mean, I'm encouraged as well, because I think we've all been kind of talking about how we may bail on Flash. So for me, I thought this was not like the best, strongest pilot ever. But, you know, I thought that, um, it's definitely enough for me to be like, oh, you know what? Let me hit the pause button on the on the bail, you know. So, I mean, it it worked for me to keep me interested. So I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. 
because I was very close to just, I mean, it took a lot for me to go, do I really want to tune in for the premiere? And um, I came away with it. I mean, not astonished, like, well, I'm totally a, you know, hardcore fan again. But I came away going, yeah, that was amusing. I'd tune in again. You know, I I would watch it. Yay. Yeah, I agree. 100%. We're all in. Yay. Okay. Next up, let's talk about Black Lightning. And this was after their great first season they're coming back for a second season and this was their like this is what we're doing in second season and it had some really good stuff but now but it also had some stuff where i'm like i'm not sure where this is going um they had but that's a that's a good thing that is i mean because the teacher from last season who i thought was lame when they did the reveal i was like really her she's gonna be the bad guy but her fight with cyanide was actually pretty good and then when when she killed cyanide i was like yes because i hated cyanide yeah. So I was like, yes. And uh, though her going in to try to kill um, Tobias, Tobias means that she doesn't know who he is or what he can do. Because I would have came yeah, in and, much and stronger. And it cost her dearly. It did. I would have came in. If I was going up against Tobias and trying to kill him, I'd have done it in a way where he didn't see, see it coming. You know, like her just strolling into his office. I was like, oh, this is terrible. This is a terrible plan. Like as soon as I saw what she was doing, I was like, she's about to get killed. Uh, and the fact that she managed to survive, at least I'm assuming she survived. Um, you think so? Yeah, because yeah. they didn't show her body hit the ground. And he uh-uh. was upset. He was upset when he looked out the window that she got away. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she's still alive. She's going to be hurt. But I think she's going to end up going back to Happy, Tappy, Pappy. What is his name? <laughs> uh, I'm like saying everything that rhymes with his name. Who? Uh, the guy, the, the, the Taylor. Oh, Gamby. I knew it ended in a Y. I was going for it. <laughs> it's an I, but that's... You know, okay, so... Uh, yes, I, I was like making up names. So I think she's going to end up going back to him when she's hurt and he's going to take care of her, blah, blah, blah. But um, I like also that Jennifer, her powers are growing and they don't know what to do with it and she doesn't know what to do with that it. That was a trip! Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, and then her friend, you know, talking about how these freaks all need to die and everything. And she's like, she's freaking out about it. And it activates everything. And I love that moment when her dad comes in and just like picks her up. And he absorbs her power, which I didn't know he could do. So I thought that was really he, cool. He, he might not have known it either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that um, for me, aside from the, uh, what what was going on with the uh, the minions <laughs> um, the two the two big moments were when um, when Bill Henderson f- finally put oh, two and right. two together yeah. Yeah, yeah. and is pissed <laughs> <laughs> rightfully so, so. Obviously, obviously well the thing is that that's a trope they all, all these shows go to it's like dude it's for your own good People associated with superheroes tend to end up in the morgue. Right. So I presume that they'll have to work through that at their own pace. And but I like that he, from the get, they just had him figure it out, as he should yeah. have. I, I thought yeah. that was great. And then also the fact that Jeff, that Jeff was willing to resign to keep the school open. Right. So this was kind of an interesting way to start the season saying, hey, yeah, we're resetting the table. Right. So. So yeah. he's not going to be a high school teacher anymore. So we don't have to spend all our time at the high school, which is great. So he gets to go out crime fighting. Yay. Well, somebody's, well, 
Oh, also with uh, the government agent trying to hassle Lynn. It's like, yeah, Lynn is not to be trifled with. So, oh yeah, I <laughs> did like the actor who played the government agent though, because was that Duke? he just. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, had Bill was... Was that, is that Bill Duke? That looked like Bill Duke to me. I will IMDb real quickly. But he was he he was really wonderfully underplayed threat. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'd be scared of him. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, so he... I like the idea of him being, you know, a threat this year. Yeah, he's like, I'll be watching. Black you. Lightning. Yep. Bill Duke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told I told you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that's Bill Duke and he I mean he's been doing this forever, so Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah. just wish the only thing is I I still I'm sorry hate Black Lightning's costume. I really <laughs> anything I hate it more this year because you know this the, I think that the, they took a lot of things more seriously in the opener this year. So with all this seriousness and the dark atmosphere and everything, and suddenly he walks out in this costume with the neon lightning bolts on it, and it's like oh that is so out of place. Oh no no, I just wish they'd do something with the costume. You know, well, other see, other superheroes redo their costumes periodically. They they need to do something with that one. The the CW shows tend to redo the costumes from time to time, so maybe they'll do that. Yeah, it's a little bit, you know, it's it's a little bit overkill. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. They they need to do something a little more understated with that. I know it's lightning and everything, but it doesn't necessarily need to be electric. Okay, <laughs> really. All right. Well, let's so. move on. Let's move on. So we're all saying thumbs up. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, let's talk about the good place. Who would like to go first? I still love this show, and I definitely love. I think you know we can all agree that we we like that or expect and hope and good writing, you know, creates uh, a journey for our characters. You know, epiphanies and an arc and all that other stuff. So I do love that after what. Two and a half, three seasons, three and a half. I don't know. We're in season three, right? We're in season um, three. Uh, you know, that Eleanor is growing, you know, um, and it's sweet. And, you know, I love the the actor. I love Kristen Bell. So, um, but I will have to say, if I'm being completely honest, um, I'm not as charmed by the show because it's on Earth. You know what I mean? For me, the show was so uh, interesting even before I watched the show, because I thought, oh, God, this is going to be so high concept. And, you know, and and can they pull it off? And how are they going to do it? And they just did such a great job that even though the writing is solid still, I think it's such a smart show. Um, and now that we're so familiar with the characters, um, it, like Ted Danson and Janet have just like kind of taken over. You know what I mean? Uh, in a good way. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, you know, uh, and so it's more in some ways like them, like the jokes for me come from like them being the fish out of water on earth. A lot of the best jokes for me and their reactions and, and things are, are kind of about them. Um, and I feel like the foursome has sort of taken a backseat, which is ironic to me because the whole point of is them being on earth and us focusing on them you know trying to be better people so that they can get back into heaven but so i i mean i would never go so far as to say that i'm bored but uh i really liked like i said that she had growth but i'm i'm getting a little like i don't know you fingers do tapping realize, on the table first of all there's only been two episodes yep. that have been on Earth. Yeah, I know, but I'm already feeling that way. No, three. Yeah. Aren't we on episode three? Yeah. So yeah, that's my but point. The, I'm, but, at I'm the end of the ep- I'm... but at the end of the episode, yeah. they found the door, the portal to wherever. So what makes you think they're yes. not going to go somewhere else? 
that's what listen i didn't say i hate the show i didn't say that i'm super disappointed i was just saying that i i'm a little you know tapping on the table um and yes i can't wait to see what they do with having found the door you know what i mean but i look i'm not telling you i know what they're gonna do like maybe they will go through the door and maybe whatever maybe they know they're like yeah we can't stay on earth that long um and and that's what the show does best is what I like is they throw curveballs. So I'm I'm not saying that I'm bored with them or they've lost me in any way, shape, or form. But I'm just, just making the negative, observation you're that being so a negative far, Nancy. That's what I think. No, no <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you because I just finished rewatching season two again and I loved it. And then I just rewatched this. I just rewatched the first three episodes of this season and it flows right into it. And I am 100% behind everything they're doing. I don't know what they're... The thing that I love about this show is I cannot predict or figure out what they're doing or how they're going to do anything next. I've given up trying to predict where the show is going. I am just thoroughly enjoying the ride. So I am not making any judgments whatsoever on anything. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Supernatural. And, uh, yeah, who wants to talk about this? What have we got? Season 15? 14? What season are we on? Does anybody know? 14? 15? It's one of those oh, numbers. God, it never ends. Um, uh, the, the show that never ends. Um, but this time... I guess, it's, I guess it's season 13? No, it's more than that. It's either 14 or 15. So, so now Dean is controlled by Michael. And we have all the people from the alternate universe hanging out at the base... And Sam is in charge, and he won't listen to his mom telling him he needs to go to bed, which is weird. Um, mainly because he hasn't he hasn't had a mom his whole life, so he like is not listening to her at all. Uh, and then you just the best thing I guess is that he told all the demons after he defeated the big demon, he was like, "I'm Sam Winchester, and you'll have to deal with me." And they all ran. Which I thought was pretty cool. Like, I feel like the show at season 15 has earned that moment. Mm-hmm. So that was cool, but... I, I The show doesn't work as well if you have Sam and Dean separated. You need them together for the show to work properly. Um, then next week is going to be all about Dean being all Michael Dean. Well, you know, they've they've done the whole thing of, of having one or another brother be possessed or loses soul or whatever before um i do like the way that that he's playing you know the whole possession thing that jensen eccles is doing it he's he's creating another character who sound who sounds definitely different from the way dean does so that's nice but um yeah it is a little it's a little tiring to go over the same kind of thing you know it's like whose turn is it to be possessed this time um (laughs) and of course you know castiel in peril tied to a chair he is always the Uh, damsel he is the the definition of damsel in distress he is like pauline tied to the railroad tracks it's like you know oh this again and i I think also it must you know, I, I the thing is, I'm not sure really where they're going because it's weird the characters who they'll kill at one point and other characters who, who they preserve. I mean, it looks like um, they've kept on uh, well, not Lucifer, but the care the guy whose body he he was occupying. Well, the thing is, we 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 don't really know Nick. We've only seen him um, for five seconds before he said yes to Lucifer. So we know nothing about the character of Nick. That could be interesting. 
Well, the only thing that we really knew about him was that he was he was a family man. He had a small child who he loved, and it was because he felt that everything had been torn from him. Of course, it was torn from him by Lucifer, but um, he was then persuaded to allow himself to be used as a vessel. Right. So he seemed to have been basically, you know, a good guy. I think it's just they love Mark Pellegrino so much they don't want to let go of him, but I'm not sure what they're, you know, where yeah. they're going with the character because they really didn't seem to be much to him. Meantime, Bobby is back, which is awesome, except they're not giving him much to do. Um, well, he and got beat up this week. That was awesome. <laughs> he he did he did do that, you know, but that doesn't really that's not a real big character trait. Well, they, they like seem to be bonding him with Jack, which I think could be cool. Which is nice, potentially. It's just, I guess, you know, I'd like to see him do more because, you know, Bo- I know he's like Bobby 2.0, so he's not going to be exactly the same. But one of the great yeah. things about his character was just, you know, the this this affable, fatherly kind of, you know, yeah, gruff. Yeah, but, but the thing, thing that's thing weird that he is with. he doesn't have the bond with the boys. He doesn't know them. So no, he doesn't. So they don't have the father-son vibe going on. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with that too. Cause I think they're building that with him and Jack. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. <clears throat> but so far, you know, it's just the, there's, there's not much. And, and I, th- I think we were discussing before, um, the character who they had come in, the demon who was, who was, uh, propelling the episode was sort of like a bargain basement Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> like, why'd you get rid of Crowley if we're just going to get guys who are, you know... Imitating Crowley. shadow of that. And I mean, yeah. he admitted he was imitating Crowley. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like just bring back Crowley, you know? I mean, do something. So, uh, yeah, that seemed... So, so I'm not quite sure where it's going, uh, but you know where where supernatural is concerned, I I stopped really looking at any any real overarching logic or or long arcs or things like that. I like the characters. That's what I tune in for. And you know, as long as it's going to be going, I guess I'm going to be watching it because I just simply like the characters and the dynamic between them. Right. So, which is why I, I wish need it would Sam and Dean more- in the same room. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and and I agree with you there. I just wish that they would get back to that. And also, I I wish that they would make an attempt at at a unique story because I'm so tired of seeing the same tropes trotted out over and over again. Okay. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Titans. Oh, by by the way, Supernatural, this is season 14. Thank you. Oh, okay. And so, Tom, do you want to lead us with the Titans? Did you get to see it? I watched it. I am a subscriber to DC Universe. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. <laughs> Way to start off your comments. Go ahead. I mean, there's been so much. I mean, everybody wringing their hands. and They changed things. And this isn't for kids. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, um, I think the cast is fairly solid. But they're taking their way to ease into the, we, you know, we've... We've we've seen three of the principal the, the the pilot episode follows three of the four characters and then Beast Boy has a glorified cameo toward the end. Yeah. So he steals some video games. I was like, you have not sold me on Beast Boy. Yeah. Um. But they wisely, you know, Dick Grayson, played by Brenton Thwaites of the, uh, he was most recently in Pirates of the Caribbean five, playing the son of Kieran Knightley. And Orlando Bloom's character. Do you character. think he pulls off 
Robin? Uh, I didn't feel, at least not yet, he has not sold me on his Robin. I think, I mean, part of the problem is he really should be Nightwing at this point, not Robin. I'm not right. sure why they're wedded to the Robin, especially when they're going to introduce, you know, Jason Todd, who is at this point in the timeline, the new Robin that Batman has ch- allied himself with. But I, I think he's fine. I mean, he's Well, he older. has to have he's... a transition. He has to t- decide to become Nightwing. I think that's part of where they're but, going. But we... Well, part of the problem, though, is he's been out of Gotham for a year. So it, it just doesn't really make sense to, for him to still be Robin. I don't know. It's just... They're, they're making... They, as in Akiva Goldsman and the army of executive producers, including Jeff Johns and Greg Berlani and a host of others, they're making interesting choices. I don't agree with all of them. Um, I think the casting, for the most part, is pretty good. Uh, Tegan Croft, who plays Raven, is actually really a teenager. She's 14 in real life, which is kind of cool. Because Brenton Brenton Thwaites is obviously not. He is like 28, 29. Right. And so they're doing so, more Big Brother. Was that like a thing where they like together in the comics or something? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, he's. Uh, I mean, part of the problem is that they're not using the lineup from this iteration of the Titans at all. And Cyborg should be in the mix, and he's going to show up. And uh, don't get me started. Uh, all I, I will say this is that I really like Starfire. For me, she was the breakout hit of this pilot. I think her storyline where she wakes up from the car accident and has no memory of what the heck is going on was really Except interesting. Except for people are trying to kill her. Yes, a lot of people are trying to kill her. And, she and just, she's unaware that she's an alien. Or has she doesn't know anything. And so she's, uh, use, she's using her powers instinctively to protect herself. And that's like how she's figuring out she has powers. And I really like that scene where she tracks down her... Basically, she's trying to figure out what's been going on, who she is. So she tracks down her last, like, 24 hours of movement, and she te- goes back to this gangster, and he was like, he was like, you lied to me, and I loved you, I loved you, and she she thinks about it for a minute, and she goes, I don't think that was true on my end. Like, she's like, mm, yeah, I don't think I loved you. And, like, that whole sequence was fantastic. Like, I thought she, she just it, really nailed it. Except for the fact, except for when she sent out that fireball and everybody got burnt to a crisp, but that photo was still I know, intact. I thought about that. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy pants. I literally was, I mean, it's not going to make me not like the show, and I, I, I actually really liked it, but I, I literally was like, no, they're not going <laughs> to, what? I was like, the entire, I mean, they were incinerated to dust. The photo was like five inches for them from them, and it did not get burned up. I thought uh, they couldn't have like faked that a little bit better. They couldn't. He couldn't have like slipped it under a metal box. Or yeah, or, so, or, or a I, book or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was that. I, I was really like, wow, that's glaringly weird. I, I have three words for you, you son. Comic yeah. book logic. You're welcome. Oh God, I know. But here's the thing. I would like to say something because I, as much as I'm familiar with the characters and blah blah blah. I have never read the comic, the Titan, the Titans comic. I've never watched the TV so, show, so I'm not coming as much as I'm familiar with some of the characters, and certainly know the Robin lore, and I, I, I do know about the replacement Robin, and you know some things I do know that. Um, I'm just coming at it from someone who 
who does sure no stuff but i had to laugh a little because i um you know it, it's really dark and i mean that in every way like the actual show lighting is the so photography dark. yeah the, the, the cinematography right, is right, very right. dark and the lighting um but it's gritty it's gritty yeah. that's how you know it's gritty Lit- complaining Libya you keep hearing negativity <laughs> no but I'm being sarcastic you. and you're missing my sarcasm yes, yes but, but, here, I, but here's the thing I don't have time for your sarcasm so here's, <laughs> the here's the thing I was really surprised at the level of violence I mean what with the like the head through the window with the windshield or the window of the car is one mm-hmm. thing but the dragging that face along the jagged edge of the glass mm-hmm. I look away i was like what is happening i mean blood splatter that's fine then there was like the dragging the face along the brick wall it just i mean it was crazy I, and i i thought what, what am i watching and i don't care about the the criticism of well it's not for kids then don't make your let your kids watch it move on like not every yeah, show seriously. should be okay for children like what the heck you know what i mean so that to me deaf ears but as far as i'm concerned um, I also laughed because I thought, oh, this is so DC. It's so dark. It's emo. It's, you know, at any minute I thought Henry Cavill was going to come out. And be like, <laughs> 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 Where's the depressed Superman in this? I'm pretty sure he needs to be here. So, um, but I did enjoy it. But I was, I mean, it was, it really did take my breath away a little bit it's when she killed. Again, I don't know any of the characters, so I didn't know their powers. Right. Um, you know, Raven went into the guy's body and it seemed like her soul self, yeah. Like from the inside out. Yeah, and that then was disgusting. What? I mean, I, I was like, is this a horror movie? What's happening here? Um, didn't dislike it. Uh, but yeah, I was really surprised. And the, the other thing I want to say is um, I did like Star- the Starfire. Um, I mean, it was very Jason Bourne. There's no denying that. You know, the whole waking up and kind of figuring out that you're super awesome. Um, and then, you know, just kind of doing that stuff. But I thought it was, they did it well. I mean, it's a trope or it's something that's not necessarily a trope. It's something we've seen before. But um, I thought she looked fabulous. I love the the plot line. And I'm super interested to find out like what her story is. And, and, and again, I don't know about the connection, but obviously she's looking for Raven. And, you know, for me, I, I thought that um, it was a great pilot. I really thought, here's my, the last thing I'll say, I really thought it would have benefited. It, I'm not saying it was, detra- this is a detraction, but I would have loved a two hour pilot. Cause I was in, they just, you know, they gave us that cameo of the beast, uh, whatever the where uh, tiger boy. Beast boy. boy. And I thought, you know, oh, great, now we'll get the fourth one. And then, you know, they cut it, and I thought, oh, okay. But, yeah, no, I thought it was a great pilot. It was enough to get me to be kind of excited about the series. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm I'm in. I'm going to watch more. Uh, I just, like I said, I wasn't quite sold on Robin. I liked Raven a lot. I liked Starfire a lot. Wasn't sold on Robin, and we I didn't see Beast Boy enough to know. I mean, he was in it for five seconds. So... Uh, and that's literally five seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a little bit more impressive. But um, <laughs> after he's transformed and he ran off, I yeah. feel like that was exactly five seconds. But anyway, yeah. my my okay. point is, I'm definitely going to keep watching. I will give this guy more time to convince me he's Dick Grayson. Because um, I don't feel like he's earned his emo status. Like right now, he's all like, Err, I hate Batman. Err, I hate this. Err. And I'm I, like, I, I... no. My, I know these characters extremely well, and my issue is, one, I wish they had hewed the source material a little bit closer. 
two, I wish they had not CW'd it up so much. Because in the opening in the opening arc of the uh, New Teen Titans series by Wolfen and Perez, a classic, I highly recommend uh, the, the, it if you can track it down. Raven is kind of the central figure that draws them together as a group, but Starfire knows who she is, and having two of having two of your four characters not knowing who they really are, that's kind of a drag. Well, for me, it's good because I don't know who they are either. So learning who they are is pretty cool. Yeah, from my perspective. Again, when when half of your cast and it's both the women, you know, take it take that as you will. I I just wish I'm not a big fan of Akiva Goldsman's writing. I don't care if he has an Oscar. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on. I think we're saying thumbs up. Give Titans a chance. I don't know if it's. I would say you get a free week. I would say wait till the end and get it then. Um, I don't know if I would say buy it for the whole time, but there will be 12 episodes, so now you know when you can start watching. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Discovery of Witches. And we talked about the first two episodes last week, but now the show's up to episode five. And uh, I am still in. Like, uh, I really like the witch. What is her name? Not Rebecca. Oh God, I don't remember. Susan, yeah, I don't remember uh, either. They say her name like every every episode is like such and such has kidnapped this witch. I don't remember anyone's names. I've been watching the show too quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that her abilities are growing exponentially, and I think that that's fantastic to watch. But at least this week, she was like, "Hey." Maybe I should go to my aunt so they can teach me how to control my powers. I was like, yes, that's a brilliant idea. And all the vampires are like, no, you have to stay under our protection. Yet they're complaining that she doesn't have enough control to protect herself. And I'm like, uh, she proposed how to do that. And you guys are being jerks and won't let her go do it. Um, yeah, I thought that was weird. I did think that, that was weird. Right. Because, I mean, she obviously needs to be trained. And the vampires obviously are not going to be able to train her. So, but they're all annoyed that she doesn't know how to protect herself. And I'm like, um, yeah, there's a solution to this. Uh, She suggested it and you guys shot it down. And then at the very end of the episode, she gets mysteriously kidnapped by, well, mysteriously. So we don't know who she got kidnapped by. Wait, she did? Yeah, that happened at the very end. Did you not see that? What? Maybe I missed that part? That's so weird. Did it get cut off? She went jogging after she got out of bed with the vampire and they made sweet, sweet love together and did their whole, right. I love you, but I love awkward. you. I, I love to you too. I love you more. And yeah. then she decided to go running in the morning. So she gets up, puts on right. her sweats, goes running yeah. and she gets yeah. whipped up out of the sky. Somebody flies down and grabs her and whips her out of there. Oh that my was God. The, I must have missed just like the very last few seconds. That's hilarious. No, or maybe I just like was still trying to get over the sex scene, which was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, you know, as a viewer who loves the show, it was absolutely what I wanted, but I thought it was awkward and they like went there, but not in any place I wanted them to go. They made like some weird climax joke or something. Or foreplay joke? And I was like, yeah, that's, it's like a bad date. I, uh, you cut off. I was like, why are you saying stuff that you think? And it's only making me feel awkward. I, I mean, listen, you, the, when we first started talking about the show, you kept saying it's your guilty pleasure, your guilty pleasure. And I had only seen the first two episodes. And I thought, 
what is she talking about? This is completely respectable. This does not need to be anybody's guilty pleasure. You know, it's, it's, um, you can argue with me, but it's twilight in tweed. And I will um, argue with you it, until my last dying breath, but go but ahead. But you have no leg to stand on because you've never seen twilight. And after we talked, I actually, cause I know nothing. I knew nothing about the books. I did, you know, didn't know the series, nothing, nothing. Um, but I had to laugh because I'm not a fan, a big fan of twilight or the books, which sadly I did read. Um, but I, have seen all of them and i i was like is it me what's happening here is it what you know am i just being weird is it just because of the vampires i went online and that is what everybody is saying and i had to laugh because someone in a, in a review called it twilight in tweed and i was like that's my line and i was like <laughs> i should be a writer i should be writing these reviews and all right and i well, thought go ahead in my defense i will say this um, it is Twilight, but the reason why it's watchable and I like it so much is because they fixed all the problems with Twilight. Like, like you said, there are no cloying, annoying te- uh, teenagers. She is not a Mary Sue, the lead, our lead. Um, you know, she's very smart. She's she's a professor. She's got powers. All of that is fantastic. The lead is very uh, is more than watchable. He's he's um, Matthew Good, so he's got all the credentials. In fact, all of the actors have have the you know the proper british paperwork uh you know they've all got all their you know it's all they have the they've got all their you know um credentials in order so it's really fun to watch because the subject matter is you know vampires and covens and you know demons and such there's a mystery involved obviously with them chasing this uh, everybody after this book but at the at the at the heart of it, now I understand why you're calling it a guilty pleasure is because it's there's like a Hallmark movie romance happening in there. Yes, and, you know, she falls in love by the third episode. I was like, oh, now I see the guilt involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> I was Now I see why I need to, to pull the shades down and, and, you know, turn the lights off and watch this because I thought... Yeah, it's a little hokey how quickly the, uh, they fall in love, her especially, you know, um, and I thought, oh, is this going to get weird? Um, but no, I mean, the rest of the, the stuff, there's enough intrigue and there's, you know, the fun magic and all of that stuff um, that I'm definitely still hooked. But I, I have to say, in some ways, the romance is slightly the weakest part for me at the moment because yeah, they rushed it they rushed it they consummated it yes that they consummated it too soon and the consummation literally the consummation was awkward for me and i thought i was going to be like happier with the you know with the payoff i don't know if that's the right wording um <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me um that did actually take away from the show but it's still a really fun show but i will put a guilty pleasure stamp on it for sure for sure it's you know but but allison you haven't seen it so and i have no idea how you feel about twilight but if you know anything about uh, if you know anything it's about not a selling twilight, point for me no, let's no, put it that way if you know anything about twilight it's it's not at all at the level it's so much better but there is no denying for people who have seen twilight there are a lot of similarities there there's a lot of um the the basis of the romance you know being um you know not taboo necessarily but yeah i guess actually Actually, it's it's literally taboo because they're both going to be punished for sleeping together Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's the, the Romeo and Juliet, you know, aspect to it. There's so much to to like about the show is what I'm saying. Just don't let if if I know I was the one that brought it up, but don't let the fact that it is 
Twilightish turn you off if everything else we've said intrigues you at all. Like if you're into vampires and covens and you know all that kind of stuff. If you want a little and romance, it's, and it's top notch actors, you got to remember that top notch across the board. Yeah. I don't think no, it's, it sounds it sounds interesting overall, except for the whole Twilight thing. Um, <laughs> I told you not to say <laughs> that. Full <laughs> disclosure. I mean, really, if you're trying to persuade people to watch, maybe try another deck. But the yeah, rest of the sounds that's interesting. She said Twilight and Tweed. That implies yeah. class. And tweed. <laughs> Come on. Think manager expectations, because I would be. I really think it's better for me to tell, be completely honest with you, so you don't watch and be like, "What? What? Is, this is, you know what I mean?" But now that you know, just put that aside and be like, "All right, well, let's see what else this show has to offer you." Because I really do think it's a fun show, and there's nothing out there like that right now. It's not a CW show. It's, it's not, not cartoonish. No. You know, it has the gravitas of like a British police procedural it's shot really beautifully uh the locations are great uh, and the acting everybody takes it so seriously there's no winking at the camera there are no you know um marvel jokes you know what i mean there's no you know it's just a hundred percent they're committed to this story um which i think is novel i think it's interesting and fun yeah and unique I, I, yeah and it's it's really like i said it's really well acted that's the one thing and the story overall story about the book of life and what's going on and them all dying out. Like all of that feels very genuine. So, all right. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Me too, for sure. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. And listen to us on the point. Radio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.